Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, salt, as a natural resource, it's found everywhere from our tears, our perspiration to the ocean. Now, would you believe the earliest evidence of humans producing salt date back to 6000 BC in northern China? So it's been part of our lives for thousands of years. But much like sugar, salt is hidden in so many of our everyday foods. Without knowing it, three quarters of the salt that we eat is already in the everyday foods that we have, such as bread, breakfast cereal, and ready meals. So for this reason, it's very easy for us to exceed our daily intake without knowing it. So for better health, you know, we really need to limit our daily intake to the recommended amount because, as we know, the side effects of too much salt are detrimental to adults, but we also need to take into consideration the impacts it has for children and for babies. So to help talk to us about this today and to help give her expert information and advice on some tasty and healthy salt alternatives, we welcome back our special guest, Siobhan Boyle, CEO of Jamie Ola's The Good Foundation. Thank you for joining us today, Siobhan, and welcome back. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Well, really excited to be talking on this topic. Um, And as mentioned before, it is astonishing how much salt is hidden in our everyday foods. Now, before we get into this, there's so much that I want to ask you about this. I just wanted to acknowledge we published your article titled Salt Alternatives. So for anyone that hasn't read your article yet, please tell us what it's about and, of course, what inspired you to write it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, as you said, salt is a hot topic. I mean, probably probably um, just underneath the sugar topic at the moment. Um, but um, it's an article about the alternatives to salt. Now, we do actually need an element of salt in our diets um, because um, our bodies can't function without it. However, anything ex- in excess is no good for our bodies. And it's just about you know the potential risks associated with eating too much salt. Um, and then just making you aware of those ingredients that you do cook with, which already contain salt, like anchovies or Parmesan cheese, which and soy sauce, which um, are ingredients that we use on uh, quite frequently, and um, will add that sort of salty element to your dishes. So you just what it's doing is we're trying to teach you about how to recognise when you're already adding a salty ingredient in, taste your food. And don't add extra salt if you don't need it. And also using all of those beautiful fresh herbs and spices um, to pack flavor into your food without reaching for that salt pot. So it's just about sort of, I suppose, training your mind and giving you that little education piece so that when you do cook, um, you are sort of tasting and using sort of a variety of ingredients to create flavor rather than just using salt for that. Yeah, so as we know, it enhances flavours in our foods, but like many things, too much of it isn't great for our health, um, especially for our children and, of course, for babies. So just in your opinion, just initially, I mean, how important do you think it is maybe for parents to reduce their salt intake um, in their household diets and home cooked meals just to the recommended amounts? What's your thoughts? Well, I think probably the most important thing is cooking from scratch. 
So um, if you, as, as you rightly said in the introduction, um, a lot of salt is hidden in processed food and ready meals, and that's what it gives it their flavor. So, you know, they pack them, you know, full of flavor by packing them full of sugar and salt. So if you're cooking from scratch and you're using fresh ingredients, you're going a long, long way in to reducing, and you'll be amazed, into reducing your overall salt intake. I mean, it's quite astounding if you start to look at the back of ingredients um, of um, ready meals or packaged food, and you look at, you know, the, basically the, fir- the first, the largest ingredient is the first one on the ingredients list. So, you know, you pick up, you pick up a jar of salt and you're like, oh my goodness, that sugar, that salt. And, and, and then you're, you're like, that's what I'm paying for. And that's what's giving it all the flavor. So that kind of gives you, you know, an understanding of that degree of, and that level of salt, which is in the, um, which is already in, in those foods. So when you are cooking from scratch, you then have total control over what you're putting in. And it's so important because, you know, you're, if you, and you, your taste buds change as well because they get so used to having salty ingredients. So, you know, if, you, if you're always eating a lot of processed food and um, that's what your kids are used to as well, then their taste buds are used to having a certain level of salt in their diet. And so, you know, then it's quite hard to sort of change those habits. So, you know, if you can get them used to those fresh ingredients, like in using citrus and herbs as well um, to kind of give you those flavors um, instead of that saltiness, um, you're instilling those really sort of positive habits, not only for their diet, but for their taste buds too. So it's a, a good training to get into for yourself and for your family. Um, so it not only just for the flavor side of things and being more confident at at playing with flavors, but also from the health benefits that you'll get long-term too. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question really remains, I mean, how much salt is the right amount? Like we know that our bodies need it um, in in small amounts. It's um, sort of helps us um, from a healthy perspective, balance our blood pressure and all of those types of things. But I did a little bit of research earlier now. So for adults, I believe... Um, the recommended uh, amount is less than five grams a day. So that's equivalent to about one teaspoon of salt, which isn't a a great amount. Um, Babies and children under 11 years of age should have less salt than adults, of course. Um, And of course, just to acknowledge that we should never add salt to our baby's milk or food um, and don't give food that is um, in particular sort of very high in salt. And of course, if a baby is being breastfed, um, ensuring um, that they're getting the right amount of salt, um, they, they generally get that from the breast milk from the mother. So formula um, contains contain a similar amount um, found in the breast milk. But there's a myth, of course, um, that says that we should know that salt um, is, um, sorry, that foods are salty just by tasting them. But that's not always the case, is it? It's true that some foods that are high in salt won't necessarily taste salty at all. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, and and that's the thing, because when salt is being used to bring out the flavor, because that's what it does, it's a flavor enhancer. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the flavor of salt. It means it's going to sort of bring out the flavors of those ingredients you cook with. And that's, I mean, salt's pretty amazing when you are cooking. It does, if you're, when you're soaking onions, it brings out the water and it cooks them more quickly. And so, um, and it brings out the water because it dehydrates. And that's also what it's doing to your body. So it kind of, you can see what it's doing to the food. You can see what it's doing to your body at the same time. But you don't necessarily get the flavor of salt. You'll get a, a richer flavor of the ingredients. So it can be quite, I suppose, disconcerting because you're thinking, well, that doesn't taste salty to me. I'm going to add some malt salt in because people like the flavor of salt. Whereas if you eat something like a hot chip or a packet of chips and 
you know that they've got salt on them. And that's what you're getting. You're getting that flavor and that hit of salt. And so that's what people associate with, with certain foods and certain foods that they think are particularly delicious as well, because, you know, everyone, everyone does love a hot chip, don't they? And everyone loves something, you know, they're, they're, they're sometimes foods, but they do, they do appreciate those, those flavors. And so it is, um, it is, it is kind of confusing, isn't it? When, you know, well, it doesn't taste salty to me and I haven't, or if you add it in, you know, a salty ingredient like some soy sauce or some bacon, you haven't really thought about the fact that you've already put some salt in there. Yeah. And you're like, well, it tastes like bacon. It doesn't taste salty. So it's, yeah. And, and, you know, and then people will naturally, and I know, I don't know necessarily whether it's our generation, but um, I think my parents' generation definitely would, um, um, they'd reach for the salt at the table. So instead of tasting their food, um, they will just naturally go, and they'll pop something on top of their food and some extra salt. And you'll be like, well, have you tasted it first? Because you don't know whether it's going to need it. But that there is that sort of automatic sort of habit that people are in. Um, and it's the same. Um, and it's the same when you are, um, you know, when you're cooking too. Um, there's a lot of people who don't taste their food when they're cooking. And so they don't know what levels of salt to put in. And, you know, when you're, when you're cooking something, you might not actually need to add anything. But equally... It can be quite flavorless if you don't add anything. So there's that, it's getting that balance right. And, you know, if you are cooking from scratch, it's being aware of those ingredients that you might be putting in, which already have that level of salt in there. And then getting used to sort of how things should taste and getting used to having that balance as well. So, you know, this is, you know, it's it's a great, I mean, it's a great tool in the kitchen. We don't, we can't take it mm-hmm. away, but we just need to limit how much we put in. And, you know, the best way to do that is by cooking from scratch. Yes. And, I mean, uh, I just wanted to acknowledge what you are saying before about different nutritional labels and those types of things. Of course, the salt ca- content can vary widely between different brands and varieties, so it is very important for us to be able to take note of, of that and, and just the, t- the time um, and understanding if, is if, it, if there's a particular label or brand that we do follow and that we do, do like, um, if there is maybe a better alternative always to be aware of it. But the foods that, that we can get caught out on, um, as you mentioned earlier, things like breads, um, there's these, even crumpets. I, I couldn't believe that crumpets are high in salt, but that's true. Bagels and chiabatas, different pasta sauces, as you mentioned earlier, chips, pizza, any ready meals, canned soup, I believe is a really high one um, for the salt. Um, sausages, uh, tomato sauce and mayonnaise, lots of different sauces that we sort of put on things as well, I believe is high in salt and breakfast cereals. Is there any that I've missed at all? Um, actually something which um, is a cupboard staple and we encourage you to use in our courses and when we're teaching people to cook are like canned pulses um, and um, and um, also tin tomatoes. So um, there's a huge variance in the quality of tin tomatoes and um, often tin tomatoes will have a level of salt in them. And so it's always good to read the label. So, you know, one of the tips we yep. give to people is always read the label. And, you know, you, you don't want to look like a total nutter when you're walking around the supermarket. But it is, it's really interesting when you start to compare brands and you're like, oh, my goodness, I thought that was good for me. And then you're kind of going, oh, my gosh, well, the, what have they put into it? They've got loads of added salt in there. And, um, and it's the same with, with, you know, your canned beans and pulses. Often the solution that they're, they're stored in is a saline solution so it's salty as well so you know you you know it's really you always need to rinse your pulses when you're putting them into a dish 
because otherwise you're adding like salty water into what could already be quite a salty tomato sauce. So it is, you know, getting yourself to know, you know, know your ingredients, know what you're buying, read the labels, and that will give you sort of a huge education piece. Sometimes it's a bit of a shock because it's, it's you know, the brands that you think are going to be amazing actually are packed full of salt. So it's, um, it is this is one of the things we teach people and and you know on a on a jar it will also say the level per hundred grams so um you can um which can be quite confusing as well because if you're only using say a teaspoon of mustard it's not going to be huge you know it might be huge per hundred grams but you're ever, never going to use 100 grams worth of mustard in a dish mm. so it's all relative to kind of the levels you're using as well of course. And I just wanted to acknowledge the foods that are high in salt, the, the ones that we already know about. I just wanted to acknowledge um, for us to cut down on salt and to eat them less and less often and to have smaller amounts of things, of course, like anchovies, that's my favourite, um, bacon, of course, uh, cheese, um, gravy as well, um, ham, olives, pickles, um, seafood like prawns, salami, of course, um, salted and dry roasted nuts, salty fish, of course, um, soy sauce, um, stock cubes, which I found interesting, but that would make sense, as you mentioned earlier, as a flavour enhancer and uh, yeast extract. So there's lots of things that we can actually do um, and we can still have them, but in just in smaller amounts. But I'd love to know from your perspective, why is too much salt bad for both adults and children's diets? So as I mentioned earlier, um, what salt does, it, it, it dehydrates you. So it's, um, it, and, and that's sort of, we're not going to get too scientific because um, otherwise um, I, people will start to nod off. <laughs> I just think if I get too scientific, but you know, what we don't want is we don't want to be dehydrated. Our bodies are predominantly made up of water. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're having anything that's got, um, going to dehydrate you, obviously that's going to sort of, you know, affect the balance of your body and the balance of your blood. So you don't want to do that. But not only is it dehydrating, which then puts pressure onto your organs, and that's not a good thing, but it also um, puts pressure on one of the, your major organs, your heart, and mm. it's one of the biggest risk factors in heart disease and heart attacks. So, you know, we, you know, you're set, you know, basically, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know an excess of salt you know, it really is one of the highest risk factors. And so having that control and knowing what's in your food um, is so important so that then you can sort of be everything you're feeding yourself is nourishing your body and you're not putting yourself at potential risk. And we're not, not neither of us are saying don't eat salt because that's, that's not possible. And actually that's dangerous too in the, on the other extreme, but it's just being very aware of what you're cooking with, you know, and, and, you know, if you are using those salty ingredients, don't add the extra salt in. And, you know, if you are, using a you know a ready a, you know because everyone needs a little element of convenience in their lives but if you are you know reaching for a convenience product make sure that you read the labels and buy the best possible one that yeah. you can so it's just you know making yourself aware and being sort of an educated shopper an educated cook and you know and basically if you're cooking from scratch you should be limiting you are already limiting the amount of salt you're putting in your food because you have total control yep and it can like creep up on us if we're not drinking enough water also. So, you know, too much salt, um, as you just mentioned, can contribute to things like high blood pressure, heart problems and heart failure, kidney problems, including kidney stones, very painful, <laughs> as people would know, um, fluid retention, stroke and osteoporosis. So all of these things, of course, 
sorry, my um, microphone was going a bit funny there. So I might have to just edit that bit out. Hang on just for a moment. I have to just redo that. Sorry. It's getting to that time of the day. The internet's getting a bit glitchy. Sorry. <laughs> it's going, it's Friday afternoon. It's going to <laughs> Is it one o'clock yet? <laughs> oh, so I'll just redo that bit again. Uh, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, what, what did I say going into that? Sorry. I said something like, um, what, do you remember what I was saying? Oh, gosh, no, no, I've gone off on a tangent. Um, what did I say? I'm just what were you saying? It's okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll edit it around. I'll just say this bit again. I'll edit it. Here we go. Five, four, three, too much. Hang on. One, two, three. We've got some storms outside at the moment, so I'm just being cautious of maybe that's why it's been a bit glitchy. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. So too much salt can contribute to things like high blood pressure, heart failure, kidney problems, including kidney stones. And as we know, they can be extremely painful, fluid retention, stroke and osteoporosis. So all of these things we just have to be, I think, mindful of. But I'd love to know also, in your opinion, and you did mention earlier, do you think that once a child's palate has developed a taste for salty food, that they would be much more likely to eat food and want that type of salty um, food later on in their life and definitely into adulthood? Yeah, 100%. And But I do think that you can change that. It's like with anything, um, habits can be formed, but habits can be broken. So, you know, if you are sort of taking control and go, right, we're going to make some small positive changes, you don't, you don't change everything overnight. Um, And, you know, this is, this is the, I think what a lot of the problems people have when they are, um, they, they have the perception of healthy eating. They, they think they've got to go from eating takeaway and junk food to eating just salads and non uh, in their mind non-delicious yes yeah it isn't and basically fundamentally the food is going to taste like cardboard to them because they've gone from eating very and this is what jamie said it's it's kind of you've gone from having these you know flavor enhanced ingredients so you're used to lots and lots of flavors happening with your you know your ready meals and your junk food and then if you pull it back down to kind of you're not using those flavorful ingredients then you know you're of course not going to enjoy that and that's that, you know, you're going to revert back to your old ways. Whereas if you make small positive changes and you make little shifts and you're very aware of what you're putting in your food and putting into, um, then you can sort of gradually train yourself into like really kind of appreciating, okay, well, I'm loving the flavor of those fresh herbs, you know, in this sauce. And that's giving that the flavor. So, you know, you know, when you make a fresh pesto and if you use, when you make a pesto from scratch, um, you, you know, you pack it full of basil. And if you like using a full flavored cheese, like a Parmesan, you don't need to add any salt in because, or you, you know, the you need to add in a minimal amount of salt because you've got, you've got basil, you've got, um, you've got your garlic, you've got olive oil, you've got lemon juice. So all of those things, which are great salt alternatives, and you're adding a little bit of full flavored salty cheese in there, gives you that amazing flavor, but you've made that from scratch. Whereas if you bought that out of a jar, you'd then be having, you know, the salt levels would be much higher. And so it is those little changes you can do, cooking from scratch, and then, you know, sort of making sure that you are very aware if the ingredient's salty, don't use as much of it. And um, if you um, are using, you know, if you are using a jarred sauce or, or something like that, making sure it's the best one you can buy. So it's just, you know, it is those habits that your family can sort of grow together and, you know, and when you go on this cooking journey and when you get inspired by, you know, cooking from scratch, 
you do end up using more fresh ingredients. So you do, I don't, I don't know about you, but I use a lot of citrus. I use, you know, lots of things that give food flavor, you know, like the garlics and the chili and the ginger and things that give you flavor, those flavor punches, which means that you're not having to sort of add in a ton of salt as well. So it's just being very clever with the way you do things, but just ensuring that you're training your palate along the way so that you actually enjoy what you're eating because food's a pleasure, isn't it? I know it is for me and I know it is for you. So it's, it's, and it should be something that um, you and your family really love and enjoy. And you don't want, you don't want mealtimes to become a battleground and, and people going, well, that's yucky because that's no fun either. And, and then that goes into a whole, that's a whole different problem of food waste and, you know, children, children becoming picky eaters. So, um, you know, empowering yourself, empowering your family um, to, to cook from scratch and, you know, to, to make those, sort of flavorful foods but using those salt alternatives um in in your uh, in your everyday cooking is a great way to start and just being mindful i think of 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 that also just not just going to salt as thinking that's going to fix every meal so with that um you've mentioned some of the easy alternatives to ensure that the meal still tastes delicious is there any others in particular and you've also spoken a lot about herbs um that you use to, to make um, like sort of um, the, the meals taste a, a lot um, sort of tasteful as well. Um, is there anything else that maybe you could maybe add to, the, to those lists at all? Um, so, I mean, I, my, my, my spice rack is always full of, um, full of lots of spices. I, I tend to grind them up in my mortar and pestle. So having, you know, having those lots of aromatics, like just a real humans and your, and your coriander and like chili flakes will sort of take your dishes to those next levels and I I always have parsley I always have rosemary especially in winter because that's nice and robust also I seem to be able to keep it alive on the balcony um, um and I always um, always have basil as well and then um in terms of citrus I you know I've always got lime I've always got lemons and I've always got um some like and like an orangey thing to, to add to fruits or to add to um you know, and also delicious to add into salads too so you've got you know th- those sort of flavors and those that 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 range of ingredients which i would say are my go-tos and um you know in terms of recipes um it's it's just you know being very mindful when you are cooking um the, the recipes which have salty ingredients. I mean, Jamie's got some great recipes you wouldn't even need to add any salt into, like his um, classic Caesar salad recipe. He's got some delicious ragouts and lasagnas, which have bacon in the base. And so, you know, every time you're, I suppose it's training your brain as well. So every time you're cooking, you're thinking about what you're putting in and being very mindful about what's going into, into your dishes so that everything everything is well thought out and then you don't get a shock at the end go, oh my goodness, well, actually I've put in, I put in ginger and I put in chili and I put in this and then I put in some soils and, I, and, and then I put in you know some parmesan and you're going oh my gosh I put in layer upon layer upon layer upon, which is not ideal so um but um you know it, it but you want your food to taste delicious so it's just you know making sure that you're making the best of your ingredients and um and um, making sure that they're flavorsome and nutritious as well which is all you teach all of these things in your courses also, don't you as well? Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about that and um, how parents ultimately and children, of course, can learn how to do this themselves? 
Yeah, so we so we have our we've got two programs that we run, and we have our so we have our learn your fruit and veg program where we go into preschools and primary schools and daycare centres, and we teach um, kids about different fruits and vegetables. So take them on a bit of a journey from seed to plant to plate, and um, we get them tasting like seasonal ingredients. And then we get them making a non-heat recipe together. So part of that is, you know, getting them to, to eat a, a tomato in its raw state and the, the different colors of tomatoes. And so we inspire them from a really young age to get used to tasting and smelling ingredients. So they really appreciate why things taste good. And as the same in our adult program, it's, you know, every week, features a new recipe. We take them in through a different range of cooking skills. So they get exposed to different seasonal recipes, different um, different uh, kitchen skills as well, and different nutrition tips. So that, you know, every week we are teaching them and empowering them how to cook from scratch. And, you know, one of the things we do do is we compare a processed version to a cooked, to, to your homemade version. We say, well, look, you've you know put five ingredients in this pasta sauce and you've got total control over what's gone into that and this is what's in your jarred sauce and they look at the list of ingredients and it's about 14 ingredients including a lot of salt and, and salt <laughs> or te- you know sort of and, and and also salt can come in hidden names as well um you know when, when you and especially sort of like you've got um msp which is another salty ingredient which is um you know you which you get in quite a lot of um asian sources so you know that's that's one to look out for as well so it's you know a bit like sugar sugar can be hidden in lots of different ways um but um yeah in our programs we this is something we teach people about because we want them to have those skills so it's not just about the learning to cook it's knowing how to shop it's knowing what to look for and recognizing seasonal ingredients and you know eating seasonally is one of the probably the most important things we teach people because you are what we're looking for is flavor and we're looking for value and we know that if you eat seasonally you're going to eat it and it's going to taste blooming delicious it's going to be better value for you and it's going to you know make it it's going to enhance your dishes so it's going to taste as good as it possibly can do and you probably don't need to add anything else and we were talking just before we came on air about you know the the, the wonderful thing about eating good quality ingredients and actually you don't need to do too much to them do you because they taste fabulous so it, it is about you know and, and that's the exciting thing about when you do eat seasonally you've got that capacity to kind of eat you know, differently throughout the year and get the best of the produce throughout the year. And you won't need to add all of those little extras in because, you know, the ingredients speak for themselves. Well said, well said. Well, I guess the bottom line is that salt overall, and as you mentioned earlier, is still an important part of our diet and does play in an essential role in um, our body. So we do need a little bit of it um, and, you know, keeping to the recommended daily amounts. Um, but like many things and everything in life, um, everything's in moderation. So um, I guess for anyone watching and listening, how would you summarise your key messages today? Um, what, we, what I'd like to say is um, that salt isn't bad for you, but too much salt, like anything, it, you know, is, can be very dangerous. So it's getting that balance right, understanding your ingredients, understanding what you're cooking with, and appreciating those alternatives to really pack your foods full of flavor. So don't forget the, the value of having a well-stocked spice shelf. You know, there's fresh herbs as well and the, and citrus, which are just going to sort of lift your dishes and enhance them and, and give you those flavor punches that you're looking for, um, which you may have alternatively found from salt. But the most important thing is cook from scratch 
and um, you are going to be then in total control over what you're putting in your food. So as always, that's what, you know, we, we can't stress how important it is to get people back in the kitchen, inspiring them to cook with healthy ingredients from scratch. And um, you are then going to be sort of going a long way um, in improving your health long term. And then, you know, especially with this salt topic, you will then have total control about that level of salt you put into your dishes. That's wonderful. And in the article, of course, you've you've um, given us some links to some of Jamie's and some of your uh, fantastic uh, recipes as well. So we'll um, have that that in the show notes. And of course, if anyone's got any questions or would like to know any more about your programs and the Good Foundation, whereabouts can they find you guys? If you go to thegoodfoundation.com.au, and um, that's got a big overview of what we do, how many people we've reached, um, the programs that we teach and um, an availability to sign up to the programs as a um, as a participant. But also we're always looking for people to um, collaborate, partner with, um, to help us continue on our vision and mission to um, transform the eating habits of Australian communities. So we would love to hear from you. And, um, you know, we want every single Australian to be cooking from scratch. That's our, ultimately, we want to do ourselves out of a job. So, you know... <laughs> Come and join us on our mission. And uh, we've got a long way to go yet. <laughs> so, um, But, um, you know, we love the fact that we can inspire people to get back into the kitchen. And that's what it's all about. Perfect. And we'll have all of those uh, links, that, that information in the show notes. Thanks again uh, for your time, Siobhan. As always, love chatting with you and take care. And we'll speak to you again soon. But stay safe in the meantime. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye. Right, bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.